Welcome to Photo Work. I'm Mylon. We have Shannon with us yet again. Hello. On today's episode, we have fine art and commercial photographer Liz Bretz. She's an LA photographer who is part of Moon 7 Collective, and she renovated her own studio recently, and it is beautiful. So check that out. And in part one of our interview with Liz, we talk about how taking an improv class improved her as a photographer and director, how she casts models for her projects, and how, how releasing fear and self-judgment improved her as an artist. It's such a great episode. We hope you enjoy it. Stick around. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. It really yeah. is an honor. Yeah, we're so excited. To yeah. <laughs> so Liz, how do you say your last name correctly? It is Brett's. It is Brett's. Yes. Okay. Liz, awesome. Liz Brett's. I appreciate all the Z's in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps it spicy. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you walk us through your journey into the wild and wonderful world of photography? Sure. Um, I guess I'll start way at the beginning. I was always a hobbyist in photography ever since I was really little. Um, but I deviated from it once I went to college. So I was like, you know, I've got to get serious, got to make money. Um, so I focused more um, in advertising and graphic design. But yeah. it's weird that like photography, photography was in my mind not a way to make money, mm-hmm. just because that op- that I'd never seen anyone do that. I didn't grow up in that world or uh, adjacent to that world at all. So I worked in advertising for a little bit and very quickly realized that I didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, I wanted to be on the creative end. Um, I didn't know in what capacity that was. Um, so I, I moved home, recalibrated for a little bit, and then came out to L.A. And then discovered Brooks Institute, which was a photo school up in Santa Barbara, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Like most mm-hmm. of the photo schools, um, it's been hard for them to stay afloat. Um, and then... Went through their program for three years, finished, and then came down to L.A. and just started assisting and assisted for a while, maybe about five years, which was great as a female. I was very, not a lot of female assistants, and I'm I'm tall, so that helped, and I was strong, (laughs) so that helped, Um, and then slowly made that transition into figuring out how to do it myself and to be a shooter. Um, So, yeah, that's, I think, the... The quick trajectory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's a that's an interesting. Like, especially with the photo schools not being around anymore, that's kind of sad. I know it's really sad. It made. I understand it. I think it was really hard for them to keep up financially with just how quickly t- technology was uh, evolving. Um, it was really expensive for them to, at least the way that I've heard it interp- <laughs> interpreted. Um, um, it was really expensive for them to keep up. And uh, Brooks specifically was a different story. It was a private school, and then they sold it to an education corporation, and then they just didn't want to fund it anymore. Yeah. But I, Hallmark doesn't exist anymore. Um, a lot of the big photo schools don't aren't really around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm, I would even say maybe to, uh, YouTube tutorial or just it's easier to learn on your own now, mm-hmm. whereas before it was a not a cheap investment to go to photo school. Um, so I think it's more accessible now, um, and most of the schools are, are, are suffering because of that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. But it's also, I guess, it's like good and bad, right? It, no, totally. I think it's become more democratic in a mm-hmm. way, but also it requires a little bit more mm-hmm. 
not financially, but maybe a little bit more in the hustle or narrowing what your voice is. To me, it's like continued discipline instead of just paying that check and then going to school, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Less turnkey. Like, it, it sets up, mm. school sets up kind of a regimen for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the learning now is you have to be disciplined and and self-motivated, self-motivated, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's well, not I, I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. just want to go to school too, <laughs> yeah. but there's no uh, set structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I am. I will say, I'm very, very grateful for the education that I got there because it was so technical um, across the board, from portraiture to um, product photography to landscape, and so I can navigate different avenues pretty easily just because I have that technical background. Um, so I'm very thankful. For for that experience for sure and half of the education was on film and then i was there once digital became a viable option when digital became um a better quality mm, that's subjective right. <laughs> um at least for for clients mm-hmm. yeah competitive yeah there yeah, we go that's <laughs> yeah yeah it's a uh... Yeah, it's subjective. <laughs> Most definitely. And you're from Philadelphia? From Phil- born in Philadelphia, but I grew up between Philadelphia and Hawaii, back and forth. For, oh. Yeah. Anytime Hawaii gets mentioned, I guess. <sighs> Hawaii's a fantastic place. It's <laughs> magical. It really, really is. Um, yeah, I grew up half my life in Philly, um, half the year, six months of the year, and then six months in Hawaii, back and forth, which was awesome. Did you avoid the winners? We did. My parents intentionally. Yep. <laughs> the, the, we avoided the, the winners and the summers on the East Coast because those can be brutal. So we were only there for the good parts, which was spring and fall. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a little bit of a struggle as a kid because like, you, you don't feel mm. like you, nothing's really stable. You want to hang out with your friend. You want to stay in your friend groups. You don't want to get up and leave. and. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Hawaii wasn't necessarily easy because mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, being a Howley and mm-hmm. um, all that, all that stuff. Um, but I very much appreciated that whole journey and going back to Hawaii as an adult. It's just so special, and I'm very grateful for that experience. Yeah. <laughs> but Philly and Hawaii, they're so different. They're so so different. there's this very interesting um, intersection of things that became me <laughs> so we're talking about all the different roles that you do mm-hmm. like cr- your creative skills creative director mm-hmm. running a studio mm-hmm. photography prop styling um do those do those skills influence your photography yes and i would say uh vice versa like vice versa the other way around as well um i've always had a um, desire to create in what, whatever capacity, um, especially visually. Um, and I've always taken up little hobbies and um, like crafts and art, artisan kind of things. How did those skills influence your photography? Um, I think it was easier to just compose and to find to finalize and conceptualize an idea. And to source things. If I needed something, I could create it myself. And if I didn't know how to do it, I'd create it or figure out how to create it. Um, So I think it makes, it allows for me to be a little bit more independent um, creatively 
and to challenge myself in ways that make it feel authentic to the vision. What an amazing skill set to have because then like you're not having to outsource or mm-hmm. and you already know what goes into something. Mm-hmm. So you can just I feel like maybe that's why you're able to do such more extra creative work than mm-hmm. the average person mm-hmm. is through that avenue, if that makes sense. Yeah, most definitely. One of my favorite things to do in the morning is to go down to the downtown flower mart, <clears throat> which is right around the corner from where I live. And I am so inspired by even just the floral, the flowers that are there. And I'll pick and grab and bring them together. And then a shoot or a concept or an idea will birth from that. So it's not only the process of making, but it's the process of what you said, sourcing, going out to where everything comes from and finding the inspiration there instead of it being detached from the origin of where the things are coming from. Um, so I think it plays being involved, having your hands in so many different things allows for a bigger picture to be formed. This next question kind of flows nicely from the previous question. Mm-hmm. And for those who haven't seen Liz's work, go look it up. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. so yeah. incredibly creative and unique and is not standard fashion photography. Um, I was curious, like you just mentioned a little bit of the process of getting to those types of images Mm -hmm. Um, but I would love to hear more about how do you build out from start to finish Mm -hmm. one of your images um I think in general in the day-to-day um I collect imagery and folders like a lot of my inspiration comes from film from um even from a book that I'm reading and it sparks a visual in my mind so inspiration comes from many different avenues from music and a feeling that I, I'm, I'm feeling, and then that feeling resonates with images that I'm collecting, and then you start putting all these things together and recognizing that, hey, there's kind of a thread here, there's a theme going okay. on, and then you start kind of analyzing it, not, maybe not too deeply, <laughs> but you start to vibe with it and start to source the right model that feels what the way that this mood board feels or everything that you're starting to collect. But I think ultimately it all starts with a feeling. Um, and it's easier that way. Cause I have to think less and more go on an instinct and what's resonating with what the feeling is. Um, so in that way it becomes a little bit easier. <laughs> um, so I don't have to overthink things. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I always have this collection of, um, images or inspiration or quotes or films that I've seen, tones that they use in the color treatments of a film. It's always a huge inspiration for me because um, mood. I think mood is how I would define my stuff, that, that word. And to get to that place has also to do with the person that I'm shooting and the relationship that we're building there. Building know. that relationship it seems like it sets it helps sets the tone and the mood itself, right? Yeah, most definitely. Which I think is the biggest thing that helped me get there. I've been taking improv for like the last three years, which has been transformative in my ability to direct um, and connect and really kind of um, find the emotional center of what we're trying to grab or to bounce back and forth and be playful and even the terminology on how to create a narrative, how to tell a story, how to come at it from character, 
um, was something that I learned uh, through improv and doing comedy that has proved to be absolutely invaluable um, with photography. And I think one of the big things creative, uh, for creativity is to go to those places that are way outside of what is the lane, like photography being the lane and mm-hmm. improv being another creative art, but it's a little bit, it's, it's different. But you pick up skills there that become invaluable too, that you wouldn't necessarily realize that you needed to strengthen as much um, in photography if you're only surrounding yourself in the photo world. So I found doing comedy and improv, it, uh, <laughs> it helped it uh, to a crazy degree. <laughs> Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yeah, that's a cool perspective. I like that. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Like, the number one thing that came out of improv that went right into photography for you was? Um, I think the number one thing was communicating and directing. Not that I not I was a little not that I was weak at it before, but I think I'm just so much stronger as a director uh, for directing talent or directing the emotion or directing or trying to get what, or and not even pull it, but search for it together. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we looking for? Let's go on this journey together, um, which is a great, another thing with improv that I learned that bringing to the photo world, it's all about uh, teamwork and support. And so it's less about the photographer, but all about the team and the people and everyone involved doing it together. So what is it that we're trying to accomplish together? Instead of um, taking this very um, um, individualistic approach to it and directing it from that point of view, um, I think the more collaborative community effort is definitely something I took away from improv too that has helped photography and just the creation of the image. Yeah. Yeah, especially fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, and as just there's no way to do it without being collaborative at least for us yeah. it feels like it's almost impossible to do it by yourself yeah oh my gosh photography is really hard to do by yourself yeah. right yeah <laughs> you really have to rely on a team and i think that's one of the most difficult things starting out is finding especially because it's also really cost prohibitive photography is very 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 expensive um and so finding a team when you're starting out that you can collaborate with and build books with each other um is is vital at the beginning for sure it's so key yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh do you think it also helps build like the ability to create narrative in your work of the improv yeah Yeah, almost definitely i think so most definitely um storytelling is a big thing that you learn through doing stand-up too um through comedy and that helped extract trip extract what a narrative would be and how to tell that visually when I was in improv, how to do that performance wise. It's a little bit different, but it's the same. Um, and if I was able to do that performance wise on, on, on the spot in the moment, I could take my time and really be able to lay that out visually and on a board. Um, so it was a, it was a skill that was sharpened, while being terrified at the same time, like it's, 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 it's a terrifying art form. It 
Really is. And I think that's the other big thing that I took away from doing improv is it got me out of my head. And I think being on set, you have to think on your feet a lot or, or change something or something's not working. Let's find where the truth is here. And I think improv allowed me, um, gave me the, sh- the tools to be able to do that much more seamlessly and more effectively to just be able to change things around really quickly because you're performing and you're emoting yourself, you're showing yourself through character, but also recognizing that all that fear is just personal judgment. Mm -hmm. All that fear of being on the stage and being in front of people is, is judging yourself. And so it's shedding that layer of self judgment that was so empowering that makes it much easier to be a director on set because you're not judging yourself and you trust yourself more, not all the time, but more so. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> do you feel like there's still more um, of that? Do you still battle fear? or? Is oh it- yeah, okay. definitely. I think I have more tools to navigate it with and recognize where is that fear coming from? Mm-hmm. Is this me doing it to myself or is this a legitimate threat? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I think it was more of a, an evaluation and understanding of what that fear was mm-hmm. and, and recognizing that it was holding me back, you know, and I don't want to hold myself back. So. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it makes you very adaptable in difficult situations. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely does. Every time you're doing improv, to me, it was, it's problem solving. The whole mm-hmm. thing is, mm-hmm. here's the concept, go with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this is going. Gonna, <laughs> I gotta figure it out. Like yeah. And also the 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 power of yes, and the power of group support because mm-hmm. they um, they can't the the art form can't really exist without the two of them working together. Yeah. Um, but also the the power of yes on set too um, is somebody, especially a client wants to do something and don't know necessarily if we can get it done, but you know what? We're going to do it and we're going to figure it out. And you know, more times than I, it gets it done and the clients are very, very happy. You mentioned film inspires your work. Mm -hmm. Do you have some favorites? Um, I have some favorite directors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, I've always loved uh, Wes Anderson as far as his visual aesthetics. Always loved his color palette and his composition. Also his storytelling and quirkiness. Um, but the moodier stuff, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I love the Coen brothers. Um, I, it's a little bit controversial, but I enjoy the mood and palette of some of Large von Trier's films. Um, the Danish filmmaker. Um, I like a lot of moody palettes, mm-hmm. too, which is not Wes Anderson. He's more of pastelis, and, mm-hmm. but generally love moody palettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you also do motion as well as stills? I have shot a couple Mm -hmm. um, music videos. I would say that I need to, I want to work on it more. (laughs) I love motion. I think eventually I want to get, I want to direct. And I think I'm starting to inch my way in that direction, starting out with still and then getting into improv and comedy and narrative and storytelling and hoping to kind of start bridging them. Mm I want to get into it more. I definitely do. I think clients ask for it a lot these days. Um, 
And I remember I was listening to a podcast of yours earlier that it's really hard to do that pivot on stills and, and, and video. Um, so I want to be able to fully accommodate that, but I also want to be truthful that video is going to be a little bit more in the budget than you probably want to do. Um, just because it's a lot to, it's a lot to ask to yeah. do still and video. Um, but I want to do more video. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's for me, it's hard to switch mindsets. Mm-hmm. They're similar, but they're not the same. Yeah. They have, I mean, they're visual. I mean, that's, and there's exposure and that's mm-hmm. about it for me. It's motion, I guess. <laughs> so it's like driving a car and flying an airplane. Mm-hmm. You're both moving forward. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a lot different. Most definitely. That's a good analogy. Like That's what it feels like. And then crashing and burning. <laughs> well, <laughs> also, too, in like, in, <laughs> and still you can hide some things. You can yeah. hide some things. In video, you can't really. And yeah. so you have to take a little bit more into consideration as far as background and everything yeah so true way more errors show up in video it's a lot harder to fix those in post yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so it's almost like you have to plan for video first make sure that that's ready and then shoot the still and then so we wanted to ask about how do you cast for your 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 artwork artwork um surprisingly through model mayhem um i've had a lot a lot a lot a lot of luck on there i think it takes a lot of digging and searching to find but there's a lot of agency represented models on there that are trying to find outside work Mm -hmm. um so i've found a lot of models through there and then also just through my network of people that i know just that want to start modeling that want to get into it um it's been a really like low I haven't reached out really to agencies or anything. Um, it's been a very kind of, not grassroots, but like ground up kind of way. At least mostly nice. people I know and, or model mayhem. That's great. Because <laughs> it's it seems it's, like it's almost dead. I know, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But yeah. for the past 10 years, like most of the fine art stuff, um, just because cool. of money or, you know, you can't really afford it was through Model Mayhem, which is wild. I've been doing great. that since school, which is crazy. But there's still there's still a lot of people on there that That's are looking for hear. work. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. Um, with, I don't even know how to broach this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we notice with, with our shooting that when you use agency models and stuff like that, they have certain restrictions mm-hmm. on what you can do with that model. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it seems that a lot of your work can go way beyond that, mm-hmm. where you can really not be held back by those mm-hmm. their standards or not standards, but their restrictions. Yeah. How do you how do you get that out of uh, out of your models? I always anytime that I approach, I always tell them what the intention of the shoot is. Um, I especially I think that's only fair. Mm-hmm. You know, you're of asking course, them to yeah. be very vulnerable and. You know, you've heard horror stories right. about um, certain photographers kind of, hey, want um, kind of tricking them into a nude shoot, mm-hmm. um, which is, um, it's really unfair and it's taking advantage of somebody. Um, yep. 
that aside, I'll always tell them the intention of what I want out of the shoot. And so that they can either from the get go, is this something that they want to do or is it something that they don't want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a, an open conversation and dialogue from the beginning. We, we know what we're looking for. We know what we're getting into. Um, and then it's establishing doing it together and going back to what I was talking about with improv. It's not just me telling someone what to do. It's the two of us creating something that we have talked about that we have an intention for. Um, so it, that creates a space where we can go to different places. Um, and because they aren't agency represented, well, some of them are, they are just not working specifically on behalf of the agency on right. certain, certain shoots. Um, it's what they feel comfortable in doing and what they don't feel comfortable in doing. And that's a conversation that we have. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. Do you ever do like a small test with somebody first before bringing them into something more elaborate? Um, yes. So well, not all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes time doesn't allow for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I do have the opportunity and I'm working on something bigger, that's a, couple weeks down the line then I'll definitely bring them in for a test and do something similar just to see the rapport see how we shoot if how it works and mostly it almost always is really positive experience and so it always I've never really had an experience where I've said no this doesn't work Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I've been really fortunate in that capacity but yeah I have tested before uh, bigger projects especially when there's clients involved like I want to make sure that we're definitely able to deliver um, but also a lot of the times on bigger, <clears throat> I've had advertising jobs where I'm not responsible for a talent. Right. They're responsible for talent. So it's not an opportunity that I can necessarily, but if it's something where I'm coming on as not only a photographer, but an art director or taking on more of a creative role, um, definitely people I've worked with in the past. It's just, you know, you want to work with people that you've worked with, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's usually how it goes. It's always yeah. nice. But what about if, you know, advertising has cast as somebody you've never worked with before mm-hmm. and they're a great face, but maybe they're not giving you a lot mm-hmm. emotionally mm-hmm. or maybe they, they don't have that inside of them or maybe there's a block. Mm-hmm. How do you go about going getting past that? Different th- different ways. Um, each situation calls for something different. I th- I'll start with um, something that's not necessarily advertising, but with head, like corporate headshots. Mm-hmm. These, they don't like to be in front of the camera. So it's very much a way of just getting them to smile and to move and to make sure that they're moving. So it's creating that comfortable space to make sure that they're not freezing up. If you're on an advertising shoot with somebody that you've never worked with, that um, it's hard to find, get what we're looking for, there is a moment of evaluation, recalibration of there's something missing. <laughs> missing what 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 do we need maybe it's um a lot and a lot of it comes energetically on from my end it's pushing some sort of uh emotional cue or um just pushing energy into it Mm -hmm. and then hopefully that that energy is being uh not absorbed but felt (laughs) and um sometimes it moves it sometimes it doesn't um it Sometimes you're just pulling, trying every trick in the book, trying to get it. Um, but I've n- haven't, don't frequently come across that. Um, I've been really fortunate to work with people who've been really amazing. Um, every once in a while, um, 
and it's maybe they're just not in the mood that day, which is completely understandable. Um, so it's just a matter of just pushing the energy onto set and seeing if it goes anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, audience. I think the ice maker interrupted my talking. <laughs> I heard it. It's so loud. It's like this brilliant moment. <laughs> Um, if I could do an offshoot of mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. uh, when you're when you're doing personal work, mm -hmm. creating art mm -hmm. personally, what uh, like a model mayhem mm -hmm. model? Mm -hmm. What? Uh, how do you protect yourself legally with uh, copyright? Mm -hmm. Do you have a model release? I that do. You use for I do. Uh, I use a model release, but because it's fine art and a lot of it is when they're invulnerable, can be invulnerable. I always offer them either we negotiate usually what I, what the compensation will be. Um, I pay them for their day rate, which is usually markedly less than what a typical model is. Um, but also either offer them depending on what they want a portion. Cause I do do, do fine art sales. Um, but because it is their likeness, I want to give them. And especially because they're in a vulnerable situation, not vulnerable situation, but they're exposed in certain ways, give them a percentage of the sales or any other compensation that we come up with. But I do have model releases. Um, I maintain copyright and ownership of the images. Yeah, because you can't do any of that with if you're going through an agency. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's a big reason also, too, why Model Mayhem has been a great resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is because we can have those fine art agreements. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Okay. Great information. Yeah, information. <laughs> I was hoping model by him wouldn't go away. <laughs> also, surprisingly, recently, finding a lot of models through Instagram. Instagram oh, has been yeah. proven to be a great tool in many different ways. Mm -hmm. I got a big advertising job through Instagram. Oh, wow. I got uh, find models find me through Instagram, mm -hmm. musicians, because I shoot a lot of album art and mm -hmm. a lot of work for musicians. Mm -hmm. Musicians will usually find me through Instagram. And it makes me worried. Like, if Instagram disappears, like, what are we going to do? Oh, yeah. Like, what's our backup plan? Mm -hmm. um, well, it used to be our website. Yeah. <laughs> might go back to that. People I, are going to go back to Google. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> I heard it's coming back. It's That's what back. JT said, Justin. <laughs> is he still a partner in that? Is that still around? That's a good question. See, exactly. We're asking. So is this? I think yeah. no. no. Probably not then. Oh, my gosh. Um, from when you said, like, back to like maybe, like, advertising, um, they're hiring you for your vision. Mm -hmm. But advertising is usually a bit more safe. Yeah. How do you um, – what kind of jobs are you getting – I think it's more, it's very brand specific. Mm -hmm. So I was hired by a hair color uh, company. Mm -hmm. um, and they not edgy, but they were looking specifically for something really, really moody. So it's something where I had the opportunity to bring in my visual voice to their shoot. But of course, we have to cater it and tailor it just a little bit more so than I would in fine art, but to make it something that's commercial. commercial. Mm -hmm. um, but they also, there's, they're also being, they also have an art director and creative team attached to that. So yeah. um, it was, it's an interesting pull and tug because I came in using my usual techniques to get that look, but they also wanted to make sure that they were getting everything that they needed. And so I had to take some of the techniques off. And so we're not getting the images that I would use, that the mood that we weren't yet usually <laughs> let me backtrack on there <laughs> we weren't getting the images using those techniques 
um, that created the mood that I would usually create. So yeah. things were taken away because there was an anxiety and just to make sure that they're delivering and getting everything that they needed. Mm-hmm. So that was a big learning um, experience for me is making sure that I have that conversation with the creative team beforehand. What do you, what is it that we really are looking to accomplish um, on this shoot? Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, but it's, um, I think it, it's, it's tough, but it's definitely, you're able to accomplish it. And I think, especially for photographers who have a very, who have a strong voice, it's specifically finding brands that your voice can lend to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to maintain the, that particular type of style of imagery, but also I do a lot of commercial work that is, you wouldn't have know that I did, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. You want? I don't have that stamp on it, but it's still commercial work that I'm producing mm-hmm. and cr- creating for brands, but not necessarily advertising on my, on my website. Or, but it's still stuff that I'm still creating. Mm-hmm. Just you wouldn't know that I made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching part one with Liz Bretz. On the next episode, Liz talks about how she advocates for herself, how clients find her, and Moon Seven Collective, her new studio that she just got done remodeling. Is gorgeous. You'll have to check it out. And we'll see you next time.